Welcome to Healing Hearts, Empowering Critical Care Providers. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature and is intended as a training tool for Children's Hospital and Medical Center personnel. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Complete information regarding the podcast, including its limitations on usage, is available under the episode description. Welcome back to Healing Hearts, Empowering Pediatric Critical Care Providers. My name is Madeline Quinn, and I am the educator in the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit. Today, we have the pleasure of having our three panelists, nurse residents, Austin Derby, Erica Thorne, and Casey Baber, back today for our second episode in the Nurse Residency Podcast Series for a discussion about how to survive night shift and finding your person to help you survive in your first few years as a nurse. Let's listen into their discussion. All right, this is episode two. This is more about a work-life balance as a new nurse. I know that it is very challenging, especially since quite a few nurse residents start out on night shift, um, which isn't always the easiest thing to explain to family and friends as far as how you work 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. and sleeping during the day, and if you're in, you know, balancing like nurse residency classes, um, certifications, life outside of work, um, it just kind of takes a little bit to adjust to it. And I think it's really important to address it and learn how to, the best way that you cope and the best way that you can kind of make the most of it. So I had never worked night shift before prior to starting. Um, so learning how to sleep during the day was a little different. I will say I'm able to sleep all the time. So I really <laughs> never had a problem adjusting to that. But I think a big challenge was explaining to people, I have to sleep during the day. I can't wake up early to do something. I have to sleep. So. I don't know if you guys had any different experiences yeah. trying to adjust to that, but... Yeah, the world is quick to forget that hospitals <laughs> function at night, so... Mm-hmm. I know, if, especially if you're living in, like, apartments or, like, places that you can't have, like, frank conversations with. If you come in here, I will cut your face off. <laughs> I promise you. Um, none of my family is from, like, a medical background either, so the thought of a 12-hour shift was foreign to them, let alone an overnight. So there was, you know, there's a couple times I had to, you know, snooze some calls at, like, noon when I'm trying to sleep, and... A lot of that comes to open conversations with your with your loved ones and your friends that you know you might be skipping out on certain things during the day even if it you know feels like you're at home moping around it's you're recuperating from what could have been a really long shift <laughs> especially with a lot of the stuff that you guys will come to see here there's you need to have your detox time mentally and physically and emotionally Absolutely. Um, it's hard not to take a lot of things home with you that you'll see here whether it be reaching the end of their life early, very early, um, or if it just be something you were like an overwhelming having tasks a lot of work or you know, there's a lot of different things that it's too easy to take home with you. And so we, I know we talked in our last episode about finding mentors that you can kind of unload some of your frustrations and some of your concerns and even if you just need to vent, having that stuff with and I don't know. I guess I always would talk to my dad just, not, I mean, not about anything specific, but we would always have a way of, you know, just saying I had a rough night and there was a lot going on. I felt like I was outmanned all night. And he's always been pretty good at having an open set of ears. So you got to find your people, find your tribe to survive in that aspect. But in terms of night shift specifically, I highly endorse blackout curtains. <laughs> yes. I tried, I tried sleeping without blackout curtains on night shift for a couple of years, and then when I started using them, I realized that it makes a huge difference. Especially when yeah. you're sitting there at 5 in the morning after <laughs> a couple hours of sleep. Definitely. 
Um, I've actually heard a few people, a few nurses who work night shift, I've heard two funny things that I thought were funny. One, somebody was using um, black garbage bags as curtains <laughs> while they were trying to find blackout curtains. So if you have it as a resource, I guess there you go. And then another Your neighbors one, will think you're crazy. <laughs> right. Another one was actually um, a black like bed sheet. So again, if you're trying to find something, but it's highly recommended for blackout curtains. Um, and then also just... I, I have to take a melatonin to really help me get to sleep, stay asleep. Um, so if that's something you know you need to kind of do, um, I recommend that. And also just kind of staying away from the brightness, I guess, when you leave work, because um, your body is automatically like, oh, daytime, like time to wake up. But we need, like Austin said, we really need to take that time to rest. Um, Twelve-hour shifts are long; they are busy, and um, we can't go on two hours of sleep and come back to work and expect our patients to get um, the treatment, I guess, that they really need if we're not at our 100%. So. I think a lot of us use like caffeine as a crutch <laughs> a lot of the time, too. Yeah. I've had to set like hard rules with myself for uh -huh. after this point in the night, you cannot drink any more coffee because you won't sleep right away and then you're going to get yourself all behind. So you have to, it's unfortunately that those first couple weeks where you're transitioning to night shift, especially if you haven't done it before, it's a lot of trial and error. You're trying to decide, am I better at sleeping right when I get home, or am I better staying up a couple hours and then sleeping all the way until it's time to come back? Mm -hmm. And everybody's body reacts differently. It depends on your living situation. And you make a really good point about that, is basically finding how your body reacts to it. You know, and the first couple weeks is gonna be rough, but you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel because if you ask any night shift nurse, if you said, you know, do you prefer days over nights? 90% um, of them are gonna say nights because there's a lot of, like I personally am a huge advocate for new nurses to work on nights because there's so much learning on nights. You, and it's, it's amazing because you don't have all the resources that they do during the day. And so it forces you to use what you have. Not to say there's nothing that you can nothing to help you on nights, but it's the, just the environment, the teamwork, and there's not so much pressure at the same time. There's everyone in suit and ties in the, during the day, your manager's around, so just those little things will kind of, you know, oh, my manager's here, you know, is she gonna come out, is she, you know, but, and especially, you know, when you're starting out, it's, you know, that pressure is there, but at nights, for some reason, it's just, the environment, the culture is just completely different on days. And, you know, it's it's amazing. I'm a huge advocate for new nurses to start on nights. And I mean, I obviously was one, and I think everyone else yeah. here too is. And I still work. Now I work 3 a.m. or 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. Because um, in the emergency department, we have um, mid shifts and um, days and night shifts. But it's, if I could have a two-year-old and work nights and be that um, awesome yeah, super mom, superwoman, yeah. <laughs> um, I would, and there's there's few people in our department that do that, and I praise them, but I unfortunately is not, that's how my body works. So, but I, I love my 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. shift. Yeah, and I think um, kind of going off of that too is nights. I've actually did a little bit of orientation recently on day shift. Um, so I was able to kind of see the difference and feel the difference when I would be pulled off of orientation. And um, not saying again that, that nurses during the day are awesome, 
you know, they're great. They're super nurses. They do all the things that we sometimes don't have to worry about at night. But they also, for example, for rounds and all of the ICUs, the, it's led by the providers during the day, and at nighttime, it's led by all the nurses. So we have to know all the things about our patient and make sure that um, it's written down. And it's more of a nurse-led instance at night versus days. And again, I'm not taking this away from any day shift nurse because I was exhausted <laughs> after working days. I was like, oh my gosh, they do so much. Yeah. Um, but it's just a totally different concept. So I agree, I think you learn a lot on night shift. Um, just learning how to grow as a nurse is super important and I think night shift really has can offer that for you so yeah night shift generally afford you a little bit more time to ask questions and I don't I don't know how many people have time to look up a policy during the day for <laughs> but it's like it seems like we always have time if, if not in the moment mm -hmm. you'll have time at some point in the night to go back and research things that you've done throughout the shift and I don't know sometimes that's kind of nice for like de-stressing almost if you have time to sit there and like think about whether you've had a roller coaster shift so far, or if you know you're trying to like calm down before you go home, I think a lot of people use the drive home for that. But if you have like a slower end of your night, sometimes you can start that yeah. decompressing process a little bit early. And then, kind of, since you mentioned the decompressing after work, um, it's very important that we don't take things home from, or yeah, take things home from work. Um, we deal with a lot of really sick kids, and we see a lot of really sad things that. Um, we're human, it weighs heavy on our hearts. We feel for these patients, we feel for their families, but we can't take that home with us and let that affect um, how we live all the time. Um, so it's really important that you find kind of a coping mechanism as well. I will say for me, I am a journaler. I write my thoughts down. Um, doesn't matter if I grab up the piece of paper and shreds because I'm so mad or if I save it in my journal and look back like, wow, that was a really tough night, but look how far we've, I've come from there. And I think, Everybody has their own thing, um, so it's just really important finding that. I don't know. Um, I think Austin had a good point um, previously, saying you know just talking about it because whether it's with your coworkers, I mean, because they're there experiencing that too, or they have before, and um, I think just talking about it is the biggest thing because if you hold all those things in, it's gonna come out sometime, and whether yeah, it might during, be messy. Yeah, and <laughs> it, you know, and then. I mean, you don't want to do a patient error because of your frustrations and you can't focus and, you know, um, but I think talking about it is just huge and, um, you know, especially with those, for example, um, in the ER, if we have like a, a code or a trauma um, and the kiddo is very, very sick or if the kiddo doesn't make it, um, regardless, if we um, have a code or a trauma, we debrief after. Um, this debrief includes the doc, nurses involved, the CNAs, um, any of the providers that were involved, and we just talk about it. Um, as nurses, I think we often are, so, you know, well, what would have happened? What could have caused this, you know? And we're always asking questions, and it's really helpful for the providers to like, well, you know, because in the moment, you can't ask, well, what, you know, what's going on with this? And you just, you do your job, and you get it done, and, you know, you get them transferred, or, you know, vice versa, if the child doesn't make it, you about that way but I think we're always asking like what happened why what caused this etc and as a new nurse I remember that was one of the biggest things is having those first that definitely were you know why did this happen what caused this things like that and just 
again, coming to the point of just talking about it is very, very beneficial. Yeah, and it kind of gives you closure. Absolutely, absolutely. We also need to remember as, um, as nurses, we like to fix everything, <laughs> and that's not always possible. And um, yeah, just totally understanding that and being able to set that aside and um, knowing you did the best you can sometimes is what you really have to hold on to. Um, and I know that sounds a little <laughs> dark and harsh, but it's really the truth. Um, we can't do everything for our patients all the time we have to do the best we absolutely can and I think just sitting with you guys I know that you're definitely every day you're going to work that's what your goal is and I think that's important for you guys to remember is um, if you do your best that's all you can do um, and yeah just finding a way to kind of cope with if something didn't go your way okay why maybe why didn't it go that way and how if it's a big mistake how can we fix it next time and just talking through it with your manager, with your educator, a peer, any like um, anybody at work. I've never had somebody who looked at me like, I'm not going to talk to you about that. <laughs> so just finding somebody, finding your people, absolutely. And, and there isn't one person that works here that hasn't had that rough day. Absolutely. I mean, as a new nurse, you're going to have those rough days for the first time with this environment, but there's not one person that hasn't been there before. And sure. I think that's extremely helpful. Yeah. I think it's... It's important that, you know, we always say, you know, de-stress and don't take work home with you. But it's kind of like Eric was saying, you have to address things that need to be addressed. If there's, if you're really struggling coping and you feel yourself, like, slipping into, like, depression, you're having a hard time functioning at home in your personal life, there's tons of programs here. This is a high-stress environment, and that happens to the best of us all the time. So we have, like, our Thrive program. Our managers have access to a lot of different, like, employee resources that we can take advantage of. Um, if it, if it feels like you're not supported when you're at work and that's why you keep having these bad days and you feel like you're kind of on your own when you come here, that's absolutely something that needs to be addressed. Yeah. It's kind of like we said, children's really supports that questioning attitude. So you know, if you're having days like this, there's more often than not, it's something that we can try to help each other with. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of employee resources. Yeah. I think some really big takeaways from this is finding your people, um, you know, who, who you can talk to, who you, who you can lean in on. Um, family is great, um, but I have nobody medical in my family, and so yeah. sometimes you need those people who really get it. And that's not always family, so your friends at work, your work family, as I like to say, um, your educators, your nurse residency educators, Tessa and Donna are awesome at listening, reaching out if you guys have anything. Um, and just, yeah, finding kind of that confidence and also how you cope. We all cope differently. We all see things, you know, differently. But just remembering, again, all you can do is your best, and that's what our families and our patients really need. So, uh, yeah, you gain, important. You gain a whole new group of friends yes. and family when you start mm -hmm. in a like a high stress, tight knit job like this. Mm -hmm. Yes. I remember when I first started. My, I don't, it's the dumbest thing, but I think my mom found this quote on Facebook. Granted, <laughs> she has a nurse. You know, we have first medical person in the family, so anything she sees on Facebook related to it, I'm tagged in. But it was a quote that said, um, being a nurse is a lot like learning to function with your heart and soul in like a hundred different places at once. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you, you, you can take that with like, as a sense of pride and, you know, like going to work as courageous as you can to make it through and, and you can't let everybody be apart at the end of the day. So if you ever feel like you're getting that way, you just reach out for help. Yeah. Or, 
submit some questions for the podcast. Or Absolutely. I kind of to go off of that. I had a charge nurse say to me one night, I just kind of was, she could tell I was just like down a little bit. And she goes, Erica, you can do anything for 12 hours. <laughs> and I tell myself that sometimes. That's okay, right. I can do anything for 12 hours. I get to go home and sleep after this. Like, however you need to encourage yourself. I mean, I can do anything for 12 hours. So that's, right. that's what I kind of tell myself a lot. And um, when it's over, I'm like, wow. Maybe I can do another hour, but <laughs> for the most part, yeah. But I, so, <laughs> but I would like to admit. So, yeah. Again, I, that's kind of wrapping everything up. So, key points, find your people, find a coping mechanism, buy those blackout perks um, <laughs> for some night shifts. And, again, if you have any questions, um, reach out to Tessa and let her know. Or if you see any of us um, throughout your time at Children's, you can also let us know as well. So, thanks again for tuning in. For more information about Children's Hospital and Medical Center, visit childrensomaha.org. Thanks for listening to Healing Hearts, empowering critical care providers.